backstage. Um, um, yeah, it's entirely fictional, um, obviously. Uh, I hope, obviously, it's entirely fictional. Um, unfortunately, there are, there, are, there are lots of cases in which um, um, children, juveniles, have, have, have committed serious crimes and had their identities uh, withheld and, indeed, on occasion, um, been given new identities. Um, I think, um, in terms of, I mean, yeah, there are. There's lots of things that we're looking at. I mean, I, I, um, I'm really, I'm really interested in, um, in, in how far the law can go in terms of, in terms of, um, you know, the, in terms of satisfying the individual's need for justice, um, and where that ends, and 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 when that isn't enough, what then? Um, and does the law? Um, does the law exist for four individuals, for a mother, um, a bereaved mother, or or for for the state, for the rest of us? Um, and um, yeah, that was that was definitely the kind of biggest thing. I mean, I mean, in terms of where we started, there were so many different places that we started. At. I, I um, you know, in terms of real life cases, Oscar Pistorius was one of them. We were just really interested in that. How everybody on the street could hear exactly the same evidence, read exactly the same stories, and have completely different ideas about whether he intended to shoot his girlfriend or not, you know. Um, um, that's fascinating. Um, and often, I think, we felt with courtroom drama, it's, 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 it's maybe not as polarizing as it should be. I had very strong ideas about that setting out, so I went and watched a load of trials and quickly realized that that's because they're quite boring, uh, you know. It's kind of the procedural is necessarily drawn out and takes a long time. So that was where we kind of where we we camp on the structure really, deciding that you know that the courtroom is going to be the spine of our show um, of the series, but um, rather than laboriously see evidence be presented, um, we would actually go back and see what happened. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's interesting seeing it presented as a legal thriller. And I think I think of it much more as a kind of um, it's about two families really. It's about two characters and the impact of a crime on two on two families. You know, the ripple effect of a crime is really as much as anything else. I think, Sarah, where we where we started, you know, we think about crimes. They they they, they affect the. It's an incredibly long answer. I'm aware, but um, <laughs> they, they affect. We the, just asked if it was tea or coffee. Oh man, sorry. <laughs> I don't get a chance to speak out loud. Not with a microphone. Is. Sorry, um, sorry. One second. Um, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's often we often think that there's one victim of a crime, and um, and I think when you scratch the surface of that, the ripple effect of a crime is huge. And I think the average is six people. I think affected by even the smallest crime. I mean, massively affected by. I that. thought that was really watching it again for the second time. I thought sorry, again, chance not to do that one doesn't work. Oh, I don't have a green light. Um, I thought watching the second time tonight, I was really conscious of, of like the, f the other family members and how brilliant those those performances were in, in terms of, of being impacted by what had happened. You know, as, a, as an overall piece, it's not. Of course, it is. You know, you and James very much at the centre of of that emotional journey, but how it impacts on on everyone else in both families, yeah. I thought was fantastic. I thought it was really uh, really brilliantly moved by that today. And, and how good those performances were, how subtle they were, and it was really good. Thank you very much. I love the fact you're heckling and then taking over. It's good. <laughs> we keep doing it. Um, and Kelly, it's, I mean, certainly in the course of watching. Sorry. <laughs> 
Um, in the course of, I was saying to Rob earlier on today, he was on a radio show and, he, and his eyebrows were kind of like, what, what are you saying? But what I was saying was initially when watching this, I think our, our, uh, we're naturally on your side because I think everybody would think, how the hell would anyone ever cope with this horrendous situation for you as a mother? And then it's sort of subtly through the beauty of the writing, I think the direction as well is outstanding. You know, it's nuanced, so we begin to see other points of view and other possibilities. For you as an actor, what was it about the script that attracted you? Um, I've got the green light, I'm very pleased. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed that part of the character that you described when you first, um, you first meet her, you're immediately on her side, just the amount of information you have um, makes it so. And um, as as I kept reading, um, it's your, your loyalty kind of shifts away from Anna in places because she behaves in unlawful ways and um, and is in at some points kind of maniacal in her sort of striving for the truth or what she believes is the truth, and um, and so I I thought it, I just wanted to play someone that was quite unlikable. Yeah. It's an interesting one though, isn't it? Because she's unlikable, but at the same time, her behaviour is understandable. Yes. I mean, not all of it. <laughs> Give any police here. Uh, but, but that's the delicate line that you're kind of, you're walking, isn't it? Sarah, for you, was that part of the, the attraction of this? It is, this is complicated. Yeah, I mean, we all love um, twisty-turny thrillers. Um, but I suppose what Rob and I talked about at the beginning was wanting to create something that... Um, it absolutely sort of took the, the audience on a kind of compelling journey but but actually uh, left them with something to think about and uh, you know to create a drama that dealt in the gray areas rather than the purely black and white there's a hero and a villain a criminal or a, a, a victim but something that 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 sort of, um, gave the audience something really to chew over at the end of the at the end of each episode really yeah, and, and then we have you, John Hanna, with uh, D.I. Grover. Um, and it's just towards the end of that episode we're seeing that there are, you know, he has issues, potentially. We don't know what they are yet. But um, tell us a little bit about, as much as you want to, about, about him. Uh, well, I think Grover tries to maintain an objectivity in, in, the, in the case as a, as a policeman, as an officer of the law which is what the law should be doing, uh, gathering facts and, and maintaining objectivity. We see early on, even my boss is, is asking whether or not I think it's him. And, you know, we all have an emotional response, I think. Um, I think he's trying to do that. But at the same time, we are all individuals and we are all flawed in a, in a way. You know, we, we might want to be better than we are capable of being. And in an issue which is as... Uh, you know, heated and as provocative as, as this, I think we're all going to have a response, like you say, you know, we'll see what happens initially and we'll, we'll kind of feel very much that, that Anna, Anna's right, we're on her side. And then when we go back and as things start to unfold, you know, we might question those assumptions that we made. And, and I think Grover tries not to make assumptions and yet ultimately we are humans, which is, which I think is why, like, Maybe Rob and Sarah are so interested in that legal process because it's a thing that that is meant to take the humanity out of it. Otherwise, we'd still be going out on lynch squads and you know 
beating up paediatricians because we can't spell or something, do you know what I mean? Um, so it, it's part of a, an objectivity which, as individuals, we would like to achieve, but don't necessarily always live up to the standards that we, we want. Yeah, I mean, this is a great Scottish production, brilliant shots of Scotland, great, brilliant Scottish cast uh, of all ages, which is just wonderful to see. Um, it, say, um, t take us back to the, the beginning of the process of you know, maybe talking to, to Rob and evolving this, particularly through a unique Scottish legal system too, you know, for the pair of you exploring exploring that as well, how important it was to give it that particular context. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think in many ways the story is universal and it, and it obviously get, it will resonate hopefully with audiences outside of Scotland and outside of the, uh, the UK, but I think uh, when we were talking about where to set it and Rob um, became very interested in setting it in Scotland which was clearly music to my ears um, and, um, and as we researched the legal system more we became aware of, of, of the differences and um, the peculiarities of, of the legal system here and we felt that actually it would lend the show a real point of difference because we've, we've all seen many courtroom dramas and um, We've seen every cliche in the book when it comes to courtroom dramas, and and actually by setting it in a in a courtroom a situation that we haven't seen very much, um, with all the slightly different procedure and language, it just felt like it offered it. Uh, it, it gave it a kind of freshness, I think, that um, that that other courtroom dramas uh, might not have, and uh, allowed us to avoid the tropes, I think, a bit. Um, but also it just allowed us to kind of access and, as I said earlier, the show, showcase the incredible talent that we've got in Scotland and, and, um, and just put that, obviously, the, the, on the production side, but clearly uh, the, the amazing acting talent that we've got here. So, so it was sort of win-win for us and STV that we could create, hopefully, what people will agree is a high-end drama, but, but set here, but something that also will travel. Yeah, I mean the whole idea of you know the the crime at the heart of it uh, and victims uh, and police it you know, it, it it makes you think of Scandi Noir, but I'm going to say that I think this does its own thing. It's absolutely not copycatting any of that. I think there's a lot of copycatting has gone on uh, post the killing in terms of British stuff. Not mentioning Broadchurch, but um, <laughs> Kelly, for you, I mean there are parallels there with the whole you know the the family dynamic as well as everything else that's going on. For me, watching, I, I think that's beautiful. Actually, I think it's lovely. I really believe in the you know the, the, all the various interesting relationships. These bright people of all ages. For you, getting your teeth into the part. I mean, again, it's coming back to the complexity of what's going on. T tell us about that. About you know, it's like breaking it down into the different things that you have to do as an actor. There with all of that, it's, it's yeah. there's an intensity, and then there's a slightly lighter side too. Yeah, we can. This was the first time I've I've seen any of it as well in this first episode, so I'm a bit I'm still a bit sorry, freaked out. Right, I didn't um, know that. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I um, we we most of the courtrooms that was all at the <laughs> end of the shoot, and so really what we had were the family dynamics, and and um, it it was it was lovely, especially when we were filming. So in the um, family home, the Dean family home, and um, you know, it was interesting watching it tonight to see how Anna is different when she's sort of when when Grover is in front of her. She's yeah. very hard, and um, 
you know, on a mission, and then and then to see the family side of this woman, she's entirely flawed, and um, and sort of has all these different layers, which I'm glad sort of worked. It does, <laughs> and from an utterly shallow point of view, I mean, the camera's so much on you, looking utterly strained. No, don't be like that. Um, look, and just think, what is that actually like? Is it, it, it does it make it pretty intense? You know, when it, when you, it's kind of like cut and you finish. You know, do you need to have a laugh after that, or does it not work like no, that? Like I quite often say, I think it's mental illness <laughs> actors able to do what they do. Because yeah. kind of just, because um, it's mental. That's the only way to put it. It's sort of mental to sort of um, behave in ways that someone has has written your lines, your dialogue, and, and you sit and you pretend and you act like there's not all this machinery in front of you um, recording every wrinkle and crinkle on your face. There are no wrinkles. Wrinkles and wrinkles, but that, I'm fine with that. John, is, it, is acting a mental illness? Or yeah. like it? Um, You're not good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see what Kelly means by that. I, I felt, again, being objective, watching, watching you guys work, that you know you were in a play I'm normally quite chatty. I don't know if you've noticed. Nah. Um, but there, I, I did feel on the set, both with James and, and with Kelly when I was with them, that you know they were going to a place that was that was harder than I was away from home. I had no kids. I had a trailer, I had a hotel room. So you're in a happy place. Awesome. I couldn't believe it. I was on holiday really. Um, so when I went to work, um, I, I, I suffered for them, Janice. Obviously I did. And I kept a distance from them a little bit to allow that to, to happen. Uh, Joanne and I had a big giggle when we went out. But uh, essentially, no, you have to respect what other people might or might not be having to do. And Kelly is a bit mental, yeah. Right. So, Nobody yeah. that's fine. No, no, just between us. <laughs> so, but I, it was a heavy drama for them. It was a, it was a really... I didn't actually answer the question because of the mental illness. Um, but I, um, I didn't sort of. It didn't sort of weigh heavy on me, um, which is what you were asking. It, it kind of. Um, it was. Um, I don't know the right when it's all in the it, the writing. I keep sort of. I'm sitting next to the writer, so I suppose that's that's good. Um, it's it was all sort of on the page, and it was easy to play the scenes because they were so well written, and so you could relax. Um, you know, when we weren't actually shooting. Yeah, yeah. Just seeing the first episode for a second time, it's very interesting in terms of the writing, Rob. Just, you know, sitting there admiring what you are doing in terms of the structure and little, just little hints of things to come. Can you give us a little insight into your writing process? And, and particularly with this, you know, is it all... Is it a long organic process for you and then it becomes tightly plotted, you know, like to storyboard? Um, yeah, before I forget, I should just say, I mean, it, it, and, and this is to go to the fact that it is organic for me. I, I mean, I, I just keep writing until they, Neil tells me I have to stop because he's shooting it. You know, I, I, Seriously? I just, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, you do as many drafts as you can until you can't do any more. And, and with that in mind, I mean, you know, it's really kind of Kelly to say that, but we talked a lot, and, and she had great ideas on lines. I'm not going to tell you which lines were, let's go on and take credit for all of them. But, um, but you know, we, we, it is organic, and, and you know, the BBC were wonderful and incredibly supportive throughout, and, but they did insist that, um, as well as writing the first episode, we did tell them where it was going. So, and you did know? 
Yeah, I mean, broadly. No, no, yeah, we did. I mean, it didn't change a huge amount, but I think what that meant was that, that having, having got the green light to make the show, um, we then had this lovely freedom of just keep making it better. We didn't have to go, oh, shit, what happened now? Mm -hmm. you know, we, we'd done that work, broadly. Um, uh, you know, we, it wasn't a blank page, and, um, and that, I mean, I just need to know where I'm going. That's, I, know, I know other writers don't, but I need to know where I'm going, and then I can hopefully um, start enjoying it then a bit. Yeah, and I think now has such a clear directorial vision, you know, the, the whole visual style of it. One would think this is all, this has all been tightly plotted for years. They know what they're doing yeah. well in advance, but there's still room for manoeuvre. Amazing. Just, I, mean, you know, I just think the best directors are storytellers and, and, and Niles are storytellers, so, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sarah, just tell us a little bit about the fact that this is going out oh, tonight at 9 o'clock and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's kind of echoes of what we all do now in terms of binge watching with streaming and, and all the rest of it. Is, is that what's kind of behind the idea of doing this? Um, well... Obviously, that's not our decision, that's the BBC's decision, but um, we were absolutely delighted that that's how they decided to schedule it, because I think um, the show really lends itself to that, because it obviously has uh, a, a must-see quality about it, I hope, and has great cliffhangers. And um, uh, So that was a decision that came, I think, once the BBC, uh, once we delivered the show and the BBC had watched all of the episodes together, um, they made that decision that it would it would be stripped over a week, and then they had to to find the week that was clear that they could, which is why there's a slight delay between us delivering it and and it, it um, going out. But I think um, it'd be really interesting to see how people consume it though, and whether they whether they do store it up and watch it all in a, a one hour, or whether they watch it live. Um, obviously, for the sake of overnights, I'd love it if they watched so it live. But, <laughs> but yeah, both would be good too. Yeah, and I think John, you were saying earlier on, you you like the idea of this in terms of we were talking about the complexity of the issues and everything, so actually putting it out over the four nights you think is quite a clever move? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a huge discussion ongoing within the legal system, within the media, with the press, about, you know, how abuses of, of social media, the news, all those elements that I just said, and by having over four nights, it allows people, it allows the possibility of people watching it simultaneously and then discussing it you know we have all the stuff in the newspapers about fake news about who's controlling the news we've constantly asked who owns the news and what do they get from having that we now have as i say fake news the russian involvement blah 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 right down to a kind of microcosm of all of that is somebody saying something about someone else and having no comeback from that how do you deal with that so i think that that debate you know wrapped in a, in a brilliantly kind of thrilling entertainment allows Having people watch it over four nights allows people to discuss it. And I think discussion is where we might kind of find how we want to feel about something rather than sitting in your room and having a rant about it. Yeah. And everybody watching things at different times, as they do with different platforms now, you know, in terms of catch-up and the kids watching dogs eating ice cream on YouTube. <laughs> Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> all of that, you know. So Thanks what? You're not getting your feedback, no. <laughs> what? Can I just ask you this tender moment and um, casting? Uh, 
say whatever you want about you know ideas you might have had early on about about who you might have wanted or not. Who turned down the other parts? Yeah, <laughs> I realised I was going into trouble. Well, <laughs> I always assume somebody better. I'm going to hand this over to Neil now. Um, so, uh, well, the truth is, uh, we talked about Kelly very early on, in fact, with the BBC, really early on, around, well, I think it was the same meeting that we had at Greenlit, um, and uh, we all said, we'll never get her. <laughs> she says, we'll never get her. Um, but we, we uh, so we sent it to Kelly really, really soon, and um, we're clearly absolutely delighted that she said yes. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was actually a, a, an unusually simple process. I mean, obviously we had a lot of parts to cast, so that you know the process was quite drawn out. But I think once we had, um, I think Kelly and, and John were the first two to come on board, and then we were just assembling a team around around them. So it was unusually straightforward. I think. Am I am I looking back at that with rose tinted specs, <laughs> Neil? But no. it felt quite it felt quite easy. Okay. Do you have any questions from the audience before we go for drinks? That's a good way to get the to put their hand up. <laughs> <laughs> that worked. I think it was a drinks thing. Exactly. Oh, here we have Paul English. Can we pass on a mic so we can hear you? Oh, I can yeah. just show it from you. Um, we're being recorded and all that. Thanks. Hello. Um, I know in, in the, it's typical, it's common for, for dramas to be set in fictional towns. Port Glasgow is not a fictional town, and I'm wondering what the decision is, what the significance of, of naming it is. Um, I should say I went to school there as well, because there's some people sitting behind me who will not be surprised to hear that I've asked that question. I mean, I'll answer the top bit of that, but I think, to be absolutely honest, I'm from Dublin, the West Midlands. My geography of, of Scotland isn't the best, so I always defer to... Um, to, uh, to other people, but I think I think it's I mean, for me it felt important that it was that it was somewhere um, that it, you could you could you could stick a pin in a map and say okay, well he can't if he's from Edinburgh in the first place he can't go to Edinburgh because there's a because because the terms of his license so where could he go? We talked about lots of places. We talked to experts. Well, where 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 might where might they put somebody who'd done that? Um, and it all it was very much part of I think. We just were really keen that because of the subject matter, because of the sensitivity of the subject matter, it should all just feel incredibly authentic. So all the legal advice, we couldn't have gone any further. The police advice, um, we had a guy who works in court every day, on the courtroom set every day, talking to, talking to the, the, the cast saying, don't walk around that way, walk around that way. Um, and it was, it was part of that really, I think that's, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it was really all about authenticity and that, and that we were striving for authenticity in absolutely every decision, I think. So, um, yeah, there were certain kind of discussions around um, uh, if, if, uh, if Craig is Eddie, who knows, um, you know, how, how far would you have to go from the original scene of the crime to be located, so there's lots of kind of conversations around that, but, but basically we just didn't want it to be fictional, we wanted it to feel like it was really Scotland, so, you know, and it was the right size town. So Rob, do you think people will be guessing, up, uh, or do you know that people will be guessing up until the end about who, who the victim is, or? Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a part of me that hopes that the whole nation's talking about who he is, but there's another part of me that hopes that at some point you stop caring. You know, and it stops mattering, and you're, you, you know, whether he's or he isn't is 
um, is less interesting than other questions, I suppose, in the drama. Um, but I mean, you know, I've got no control over what anybody, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I hope they watch it. And um, um, I mean, I think, again, just going back to that, it's, it's kind of, you know, we've, what we've tried to do is tread a line where, yes, we're, we're, we're trying to create narrative, the real narrative drive and mystery and, and get everybody guessing, but at the same time, it's incredibly weighty subject matter that you sort of don't want to treat lightly. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's, well, we'll see. I think, I hope we've tried that line. And, I mean, Sarah, do you, uh, do you know, I mean, is, is the end of, so this story will come to its end and its climax. Is that it then for this kind of series? Well, <laughs> that slightly depends on what happens in the next four days. Um, so from the very beginning, actually, Rob and I talked about wanting um, to create uh, a show that uh, could return, um, not that this particular story will return, uh, but that we have would create a format uh, into which we could pour other big contemporary topical stories. So the hope is that the victim will return, uh, ratings and all, everything else being well, um, and um, but it would be a whole new story, but using Edinburgh High Court as a, a you know as a as a spine for the show, and the format will remain and it will be called the victim, but it will be a whole new story and a whole new case, and potentially could keep returning. Yeah. Great, fingers crossed. Kelly, I just want to ask you, you know, you saying just having watched that for the first time, you're kind of like, whoa. But is this the kind of show that you, you know, if you were not in it, uh, are you somebody who would, you know, you like to watch thrillers or, you know, what, what do you relax watching stuff that you do for a living? Do you know what I mean? Not you in it, but, yeah. yeah. No. no, not with me in it, but um, <laughs> I, I kind of... I lean towards a bit of comedy, especially if I'm working on something, because I tend to do work in drama. So if I'm, I've got time in the evening, I like to watch a bit of comedy. But I'm so far behind everything. I've still not seen The Sopranos. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better at actually watching stuff. Yeah, you're busy. It's good. And John, I just want to ask you finally, are you amazed that you get a job as a cop after a touch of cloth, which is one of a work of genius that absolutely took the brilliant piss out of the whole idea of being a DI? I think that definitely comes down to the fact that Neil lives abroad. He <laughs> 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 possibly hadn't seen it, yeah. But, oh, but the other thing that actually is that, if I could just borrow your mic before you realize this, uh, is that cloth was, you know, it, it was, it was dealing with the tropes that are cliched and inevitable and understood and dull. And I think what Sarah and the producers, the director and, and Rob especially has done, has created a show which is incredibly original and, you know, with a cast which is really, really brilliant throughout. Um, and I think it's a very engaging show for an audience without it being in any way sort of, uh, what do you call it, you know, when you, when you can choose, you can phone up and you say we want it to go that way. I think people will respond instinctively to what they see and then will perhaps change their mind, question it and be involved in the show. So the fact that Neil didn't know that I had done cloth probably helped. <laughs> I had hoped it, that that was my final call, but actually when I came back from doing Spartacus, I said to my agent, whatever you do, don't send me any more bloody cop shows. And the first thing she sent me was uh, this cop show, which I, I started reading, I was reading it in bed and I was just pissing myself laughing. So yeah, yeah. I had to do that, yeah. 
interactive is the word you're looking for. Thank you very much. I can't remember anyone that knew that one. Well, no, but well, you couldn't find your glasses this morning. No, <laughs> terrible. You were looking at your glasses you had them on your face. I had them on my face, did that thing. Absolutely shocking. You've all been there, yes. That's right, shut it. Right, and we'll leave it there because I'm sure you can, you questions and thoughts and all the rest of it you can have now with a, a little drink, a barley wine. Um, thank you very much to BAFTA, thank you very much to our lovely, um, I was going to say, it's not trio, what do you call it, quartet uh, of talent, Sarah, Rob, Kelly and John. Thank you very much indeed. Keep watching and tell everybody to watch it. Thank you very much indeed.